0: Minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning, as the war machine keeps turning, death and hatred to mankind, poisoning. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. If during the course of the program you hear a coughing fit, yes, it's me. No, I'm not dying. A bit, a, bit, a fair bit of wind down here, wherever I'm broadcasting from. I'm not going to tell you. You need to find out. But welcome to all the community radio stations around Australia that broadcast the Anarchist World this week. Uh, it's good that you're all listening And if you're not listening, bad luck. Thanks to the Community Radio Network, which provides the opportunity for the anarchist world this week to broadcast nationally, north to south, east to west, and around. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting today's program. And as I said before, (coughs) don't worry about the coffee. It makes terrible radio. But sometimes we need to pay a price. I don't know what for. You can ask poor old Barnaby about that. Now, if you want to know what Anarchy is all about, no, it's not about coughing to the microphone. <clears throat> anarchy society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures, which are based on equal decision-making power. that's direct democracy. It's a society where wolf is held in common and are used for the common good. See the good thing about being broadcasting for so long And I've been broadcasting the anarchist world this week In its various manifestations now for over 40 years And about 15 years on the National Community Radio Network Is that nothing seems to change Now if you are a delicate soul And you don't like to hear the C word on air Used repeatedly I'm just giving you a warning Now's the time to turn off the radio station Because I'm going to use that C word repeatedly in today's program. And I'm talking about the word class. C-L-A-S-S. And why am I using this C word repeatedly? Because it's fascinating. There's a number of things that have come together, in my mind at least today, or in the last few weeks. Well, something I've been thinking about now for a number of months years actually, is all this identity politics we have around the place. Has it really helped the majority of people in this country? Think about it. Now there's all a bit of a kerfuffle about the (coughs) Kevin Rudd's apology recently. It's ten years since the apology. And the interesting thing about uh, the apology is that 10 years down the track, the number of Indigenous children that have been uh, removed stands at about 1 in 10, which is an extraordinary number when you think about it. And the incarceration rates of Indigenous Australians has increased to up to 30%, so 3% of the population, 30% of the jail population. And as far as you uh, know, uh, in in it? Closing the gap. Not much action. Not much action. Now that doesn't mean that certain individuals and groups within the indigenous community haven't done very well. And what we've seen is the emergence of a, a middle class. In Indigenous Australia. But obviously, the majority of Indigenous people have been left behind. And it's the same situation when you look at the uh, women's struggle. Now, obviously, there are more women in executive positions and positions of authority. But does that really change the divisions which exist? in our society, divisions which are based on income and which are based on the destruction of the social elevator which was built in the 60s and 70s to allow people to move from one class to another. So when you look at the health statistics among poor non-Indigenous Australians, although they're better than Indigenous Australians, They are way below upper middle class and upper class Australians. I know it's not trendy to use the word class these days, and that's why I warned you that I was going to use the C word repeatedly during the anarchist world this week. But it is fundamental to resolving the increasing inequality which exists in this country. That if we are not willing to discuss, let alone tackle, the issue of class inequality, it really doesn't matter the colour of your skin, or your national origin, or the language you speak, or your sexual orientation, or gender, at the end of the day, You can create all the new executives you like and all the upper middle class people you like but that doesn't, as we see repeatedly, change the class nature of Australian society. Now we like to think of ourselves as a classless society. Classless. And obviously over the last 40 years, and I'm going to use the four words again, deregulation, globalisation, corporatisation and privatisation revolution that has uh, swept over the country over the last uh, four decades. We have seen those class divisions accentuated to the degree where, where an increasing number of Australians will never, and the key word is never, actually have access to home ownership without maybe the bank of mum and dad coming in to assist them. So class is fundamental, and anarchism is a political idea, ideology, philosophy, whatever you like to call it, which is about creating a classless society. That doesn't mean that we think all individuals are born equal. Obviously, not all individuals are born equal. We all have different talents. I mean, my talent is I can, you know, talk under wet concrete. I'm sure you've all got your individual talents. So the issue is, what do we do? Do we continue to beat the identity politics drum? It's relatively easy to beat the identity politics drum and celebrate when, you know, a small minority, you know, break through a glass ceiling or a coloured ceiling. Or do we look at our common humanity and the common oppression that we all face. Because class isn't some 19th century concept invented by some, you know, failed Marxist uh, uh, f- f- uh, you know, s- like scholar. Class is real, and it's very real. And when we see the instruments, the institutions which have been created to ensure the commonwealth is used for the common good being manipulated and usurped to suit. The 1% is that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. And the 10% is the investment class, the growing investment class, people with disposable income in this country, irrespective of whether they do blue-collar work, white-collar work, employed, self-employed, public servants, we now have the creation of the investment class whose augment their position in society and their income through using taxation-friendly laws which have been passed through Parliament to change the nature of this society. So instead of looking at the future of each and every one of us, it's all about enhancing the fortunes of the investment class and the one percenters. And if you think I'm talking through my anal orifice, think again. On every available statistical indicator, the division between the rich and poor has increased in this country. And as that division increases, health incomes, health outcomes decrease, crime increases, social morbidity increases on every available indicator. So how have we, a people who were the envy of the world at the beginning of the 20th century, find ourselves in this situation. And we find ourselves in this situation because we have elected successive governments who have promised us the world through giving the investment class and the 1% as their head, by removing regulations which people fought for for decades that were designed to protect the interests of ordinary people, by privatising public assets, which not only provided services at a reasonable rate for all Australians, but actually put money back into the Treasury at the end of each year, through globalisation, by breaking down economic borders and allowing corporations to have more power than sovereign nation states, and through corporatisation, by allowing small numbers of corporations to dominate economic activity at the expense of small business and uh, ordinary people. Well, I should say extraordinary people. They're ordinary, we're extraordinary. And let's not forget that. I never consider myself to be ordinary and I only consider any of my listeners to be ordinary people. We're extraordinary people because we want change. And we're not happy just to sit and listen to me on a weekly basis. It may give you, you know, indigestion or it may make you feel warm and fuzzy, but hopefully the people that are listening to the anarchist will this week are those type of people who get involved in political action to promote the idea of creating a society where wealth is held in common and decisions are made through direct democratic processes, a society which which breaks down hierarchy. So how do we continue this little odyssey? Well, greed, fear and hatred... They are the instruments that divide us. Greed, that desire to have more than we need, that desire to accumulate, which is rewarded, encouraged from preschool, where a culture of greed and consumerism becomes the predominant, cultural reference points that we have as individuals, as groups and as a society. So greed is our mantra. We love it. I mean, I have to laugh when I see people lying up outside a shop because they want to buy whatever the next big thing is. I have to really laugh. Greed. Greed. Then we need fear. Fear you need to generate fear in the community. Fear of losing your job. Fear of not getting a job. Fear of becoming ill. Fear, fear, fear. Fear of the other. Fear of the person who looks differently, who comes from overseas, who may have a different sexual orientation. So fear is a fundamental factor In creating that cultural essence which allows us to pit ourselves against each other, which allows those that make major decisions to escape Scott III, wiping off crumbs off the corporate table to keep us sated in between elections so greed fear and then you need to create the conditions which allow hatred to fester and grow in the community and a perfect example of using hatred and fear as a motivating political force is the tactic that has been used by the Victorian Liberal National Party opposition, where Mr. Matthew Guy, the opposition leader, is using fear and hatred to try to advance the fortunes of the Liberal National Party at this state election on the 24th of November? I mean, what this man is doing and what his political party is doing is poisoning the multicultural well. And when you poison the water supply of a village, the village dies. Not just individuals in that village, but that whole village dies. And in a multicultural society, and Australia is a multicultural society, whether you like it or not, give and take is the essence that is required, the fuel that is required to maintain social cohesion. So we see Mr Guy and many other politicians across this country, including the Liberal National Party government, federal government, use greed, fear and hatred as the motivating political forces. I'll give you an example. Now, we had the Minister for Social Security who never uses the word Social Security. He loves to use the word welfare because obviously welfare is a derogatory term in our society. You know, hello, hello, little boy, hello, little girl. You're feeling, you know, you're poor. He's a little bit of welfare. He's a piece of bread, you know. He's a, he's a cashless cart. Now, 48 hours ago, this man had blanket wall to wall coverage regarding the fact that his department over the last 12 months had referred, referred the key is referred, referred 1,152 potential. Social Security fraud fraud cases to the police. And everybody went, oh, especially the Murdoch media, they're experts, they went, oh, uh, woe is me. Look at all these crooks. Look at all these evil people ripping off the system. Now, could I put this in context? There are over 8 million, 30% of the Australian population which rely on social security benefits to survive. So let's do a little bit of maths on the radio. Eight million. Remember we've got about 1,000 potential, potential cases that have been referred to the police. The police don't prosecute every one of these cases. Be lucky to see maybe 20%, maybe 250, 300 you know, end up in court and half of them will be, you know, found innocent. But let's leave it at a thousand, just to, to make our mathematics simple. All right? Okay. Let's look at it. So there are 8 million social security beneficiaries. 10% of 8 million, all you right? Know, 10% of 8 million is 800,000. Uh, that's a lot, isn't it? So it's not 10%. Okay So what's 99% of 8 million Mm Well You know, divided by 100 1, 2 That's 80,000 We'll say 80,000 Roughly 80,000 Alright Hmm 0.1% Ooh Ah uh, Maybe that's eight thousand point naught one percent. Um, eight hundred. So there you are. You have point naught one percent. On my limited mathematics, doing it in my head, point naught. 1%. I'll repeat it again. 0.01% of social security beneficiaries reported to the police for investigation. 0.01%. Front page news. Evil abounds among Social Security beneficiaries. You can't trust the scum, you know. They're out there with their hands out, taking greedy little people, taking whatever they can. Now, if you're wondering what you're listening to, no, you're not listening to some rabbit reactionary, you know, right-wing analysis. This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast via the Community Radio Network across Australia. My name is Justice Descarr. I'm hosting today's program. So let's, let's move on, all right? 0.01% have been referred to the police for investigation. Now, let's look at our wonderful corporate citizens, okay? Corporate Australia, the lifeblood of the Australian community, the people we support. That's right, we support. Corporate welfare. Now... On figures that have just been released, of the top 1,000 companies in terms of income, 20% have legally, and I'll use the word legally, L E G A L L Y, paid no corporate tax. During the last three years Now obviously News Corporation is there with the best of them Because they never pay corporate tax If they pay 1% It's almost a miracle Then we have companies Which kind of make my eyes water Like Qantas that make $106 billion Profit over the last 10 years, billion, not million and not pay one cent of corporate tax legally of course because what's the point of paying tax when you've got legislation in place which allows you to legally minimise your tax to nothing as old Frank Packer used to say you'd you'd be a fool if you didn't legally minimise your tax wouldn't you boy so on the one hand we have 20% of large corporations which are paying no corporate taxation and beating on the Prime Minister's door, demanding corporate tax cuts because they can't survive. You know? Now, the fact that they don't actually pay taxation legally has profound implications on not only the 30% of Australians who rely on social security benefits to survive, but that other 60% of Australians, self-funded retirees, people with mortgages, people renting who are working, who need to access public services like health, and education, and infrastructure in order to survive. Think about it. So for every tax dollar they don't pay, somebody pays the price. Somebody pays that price. And the people who pay that price are not those people who legally minimise their tax to nothing, the investment class and the one percenters, but all those people who need access to public services in order to survive and live a reasonable life. It's It's called joining the dots. Very simple. Very simple little game. Joining the dots. Joining the dots. Now this news that 20% of corporations have not paid any tax in the last 3 years or despite making billions of dollars of profit is not new. We hear it year after 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 year. After year, after year. And the fact that there's never enough money for public education, public health, public Education is nothing new. We hear it year after year after year after year after year after year. year. But nothing seems to change. And nothing changes because we, that's right, you and me, we have allowed this situation to fester and grow, and allow them to get away with it, because we have been looking around, well somebody should do something about that, somebody should do something about that, but is that somebody you, Well, well I'm looking around aren't I, I'm pressing a button, I'm pressing my like button it's alright I like all these things on the World Wide Web I've done my bit well you ain't done your bit change comes when people take action it doesn't just come through the ballot box but being involved in parliamentary politics helps it helps to grease the wheel. And if you think the Greens are the answer, think again. Now, for the last two and a half years, I've been promoting the idea of forming a new federal political party based on the simple premises of putting the public interests before the corporate interests. Very simple idea. Nothing radical about it. No blood in the streets. Nothing radical at all. And the take-up rate has been poor. Poor. Under the slogan, we are the people we've been waiting for, we keep finding that people keep looking around and saying, somebody should do something about that. Never seeming to understand that it's our passivity as a people it's our inability to look beyond our own personal needs and the needs of the people around us, the immediate people around us. that is the major stumbling block to putting out our foot and tripping over, overturning the privatization, corporatization, globalization, deregulation, juggernaut, which is dominated federal state local politics as well as cultural initiatives in this country over the last over over the last 40 years so if you want to join public interest before corporate interest it's very simple and if you want to find out more about us before you join you're welcome to attend as a observer to the PIBSI conference congress public interest before corporate interest congress which will be held on Between 10am and 4pm on Saturday the 3rd of March At the Unitarian Church 110 Gray Street in East Melbourne If you want further information go to the website www.pibci.net And while you're there, if you're happy with what you're seeing Join, download an application form Email it back to us, post it back to us Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say on this program, The Anarchist World, this week, if you want to roll over the uh, greed, fear and hatred juggernaut, if you're sick and tired of the situation you can continually find yourself in, if you want to re-establish the social elevator, well, it's not going to come from anywhere else but from yourself. So we encourage you to join public interest before corporate interest. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joe Toscano. I'm hosting today's program. That's right, I'm hosting today's program. Have you noticed? Oh, I better give it. I better do a few ads as we're halfway through the program, or just over halfway. Just to remind people about a few things. Now, regular listeners know about the Eureka Australia Day, Australia Day Medal, which is presented uh, on the 3rd of December at Bakery Hill. Well, one of the recipients, uh, an important recipient, Mr Yosef Maui, was unable to attend on the 3rd of December, but he was very keen to receive the award at Bakery Hill because that obviously is an important, symbolic area for people like us. The very spot where the Eureka Oath was sworn on the 29th of November 1854. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. Well, I encourage you to set aside Sunday the 25th of February. We will be presenting, well, I'll be presenting the Eureka Australia Medal to Yosef El Rimawi at 11am at Bakery Hill in Ballarat, in Victoria, on Sunday, the 25th of February. And after that, we'll uh, adjourn for a uh, lunch. So come along, make up the crowd. Eureka Australia Day medal. Yusuf Elri Mawi, who's a very well-known Palestinian activist in Australia and overseas, who wasn't able to receive the medal personally on the 3rd of December last year, and uh, was very keen to receive it at that time. Very spot where the Eureka Oath was sworn on the 29th of November 1854, where we normally hand out the Eureka Australia Day medals. So it's Sunday, that's right, Sunday, 25th of February, 11am, Bakery Hill, Ballarat. Two weeks. See you there. Come along. Now, if you decide to come to the Pipsy Congress, If you're not a member, you only have observer status. If you wish to speak, uh, the Congress is for members. You can join when you come in, if you wish. You can join on the day if you wish to speak. So the PBC Congress is on Saturday, the 3rd of March, at the Unitarian Church, 110 Grey Street, East Melbourne. Now, there's lots of things happening, believe it or not. Lots and lots of things happening. Now, as you all know, or many of you know, that my wife and partner of 43 years, Ellen Jose, died in early June last year. And we've been waiting for a few legal things to be resolved, which have now been resolved. And we have set up the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation, Which has two roles. One is to protect and extend her artistic and radical legacy, and two, to provide bursaries for radical activities in this country. Now, our first um, action or function will be held on Sunday, the 4th of March. That's Sunday, the 4th of March. From about 11am to 2pm, it'll be a picnic at Herring Island. Herring Island, I hear you say, where is Herring Island? Well, Herring Island is approximately three kilometres from the Melbourne CBD. And in 1997, Ellen and a group of helpers created a installation sculpture, Tendaram, which means meeting place on Heron Island. The sculpture brings together the totems of the five Aborig- Aboriginal language groups of Melbourne. This, well, of the Melbourne regional area This includes includes the Bunarong, Wawarong Daja Dawarong, And the Wafararong So it's quite an interesting sculpture It's been there, it's made out of a Castlemaine slate Greenstone And uh, which are from Mount William And obviously there's a uh, carving of uh, Bunjil and it took about two or three weeks to uh, create, so we'll be having our first uh, foundations' first uh, function. It's a picnic. It's an interesting picnic. Again, we're going to have it on. When you get onto Herring Island, um, <laughs> there's a punt which runs from ten a.m. to about five p.m. Uh, if you're on a social security benefit or a children under twelve or three. But I think it's $2 for adults and $5 for family groups to get on the punt across to Herring Island. And uh, if you want further information, you can, uh, you can access that information from the, uh, the Facebook page either the My Personal Facebook page, Toscano for the Public or the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation Facebook page. Page, so it'll be on Sunday the fourth of sorry Sunday the fourth of March, eleven a.m. to two p.m. You need to bring your own food and drinks. There are no shoppies, no shops on the island. Just nature and a number of sculptures. A little uh, gallery. There is water available, so you bring your own food and drinks. There is a barbecue. Uh, And uh, you've got to bring a bag (coughs) To take your rubbish home That's right, you've got to take your rubbish home No rubbish bins on the island So you're all welcome To the first Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation function This will be the first of many functions over the years And uh, you're all welcome This is the Anarchist World this week Broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. That's right, the Community Radio Network. Yes, I'm just checking a few things. You know, you can go to the Facebook page. Uh, it's a uh, com forward slash Ellen Jose J O S E Memorial Foundation. So, facebook.com forward slash Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation. And uh, you're all welcome to come along. You don't have to book, just turn up on the day. You can all also uh, download a uh, calendar for 2018 from the uh, Facebook page, the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation. And if you've got any ideas regarding bursaries for activists, artists, over the, in, in the future, please... Um, Let us know what your ideas are, because obviously our foundation has been set up not only to extend and protect Ellen Jose's legacy, but it's been set up to assist people who are involved in radical struggle, who are involved in radical artistic uh, ventures. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Let's move on. Let's move on. I mean, we could sit here all day... As I said before, unless we have your assistance, nothing will change. Now, I have noticed, since the Royal Commission into Australia's financial institutions began recently, I have noticed the banks are on a charm offensive. You know, it's all about you. It's not about the bank. It's all about you. And the latest big one, the latest big publicity splurge, which I love, it says, Australian banks belong to you. Did you hear that? Australian banks belong to you. That's right. Listen to the Anarchist World this week. Australian banks belong to you. And it tells us proudly that 80% of profits go to shareholders. Well, (coughs) not every Australian is a shareholder. And not every Australian has superannuation. And even those that have superannuation, which is the world's biggest corn, and I'll talk about that in a minute, realise that, uh, you know, the people who, who are the shareholders of the banks, other large institutional investors, it's not you and me. When the Commonwealth Bank was in the hands of the public, well then, If any profits went back into the treasury, the bank did belong to you. But for them to say Australian banks belong to you is what a load of total baloney and my apologies to those hard-working baloney makers across the universe. Extraordinary, isn't it? Australian banks belong to you. Everybody says, what a great thing super is. The well, first thing is most Australians are not going to have enough super to pay for their own retirement. Aha! That's the key word. Super is about you, you know, you, idiots like you and me, all right? We are idiots. Let's, I pay my taxes. I'm an idiot, Okay. I'm nearly 67, I'm still working, I pay taxes, I have paid taxes every year. since so I started work uh, when I was 26, alright? So I'm an idiot, okay? I'm not a corporation. You're an idiot too. Because you pay your taxes, you pay your bills, you go to work, you get exploited. You've lost the right to strike. You know, you're just a cog in a machine, you do your best. Getting bloody letters and bills and government charges and this and that. And you wonder why the money never kind of seems to meet anything. And you wonder why your kids never seem to get anywhere. Well, you're a fool, aren't you? I'm a fool. You're a fool. We're all fools. Because, you know, we pay our taxes. We're dumbos. Dumbos. And here we have this garbage, the big ticket item for the next federal election. Boost tax cuts for the corporate sector to boost after-tax profits, as we've seen, most of them don't give a shit. They don't have to pay taxes now legally. They don't care whether it comes down. And do you think if, if taxes are cut, it's going to go to wage earners without some legislative intervention? Wouldn't be nice to see legislation go through Parliament which forced corporations to actually not only give profits to shareholders, but also give profits to the government and give profits to their workers. Hmm? Radical idea, that. Sharing the goodies around. Radical idea. We'll see how we go if this Royal Commission into the banking sector and the financial sector, good people... Now, talking about good people, I've got some really good news for you. Now, I am going to try to make this a Barnaby 3 session. Now, look, I've got nothing against young Barnaby. 50% of all marriages are destroyed. Another 50% people just hang in together because, you know, it's the easy thing to do. We're all human. What I do like is the sharks circling. You know why they're circling? Because next week, your mate and my mate, Malcolm, the businessman, is going to the United States of America to meet President Donald Groper to celebrate 100 years of Australian-US mateship. And guess who will be going? He'll be taking all these wonderful people with him on the trip. People like the New South Wales Premier, the Victorian Premier, the Queensland Premier, the West Australian Premier, the Australian Capital Territory Chief Minister, and the Northern Territory Chief Minister. Isn't it nice I notice the South Australian and Tasmanian premiers aren't going along because they're in caretaker mode, because there are elections. I don't, you know, although we pay their way, well, who cares? But what I'm really, really fascinated about is all these wonderful people, you know, all these wonderful people from the corporate sector. He'll be... Tang along, you've got the Business Council of Australian Business, the Chief Executive, Jennifer Westercott. Yep, I like it. Commonwealth Bank Chief and Executive, Ian Narev. Good old Ian, he's getting one more go before he retires. With all that lovely money. I mean, if I was the head of an organisation that's been kind of prosecuted for, why don't they have? You know, you know, when you're a crim, not that i know about criminals. You know, I try not. To, well, I do know a number of criminals, mainly from the politicians and business executives. I know real criminals. I don't know these. I don't actually mix with you know lower end criminals. I like to mix with the top end. You know, people who do things which affect hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people. So you know when you're a crim and you get caught out, before you go to court there's the proceeds of crime legislation where your assets are seized. I wonder why the Commonwealth Bank's assets haven't been seized as part of the proceeds of crime legislation, hmm? And interested to see that Mr. Ian Narevis, still representing the Commonwealth Bank, then you've got the Rio Tinto boss, Jean Sebastian Jacques, and talking about people who squib on their taxes. you've got the Qantas Chairman, Lee Clifford. Good to see Lee going down. Then you've got West Farmer's head. Rob Scott, Orica's Chief, Alberto Calderone, lend Chief, nice to see lend there, Steve McMahon, you've got Glen Call, Head of Coal, Peter Freiburg, Seek CEO, Seek.com, Andrew Bassett. Then you've got the cause, Chambers, Westcalf, Chief Executive John Denton, and Mr. Trump's best mate in Australia, Anthony Pratt. It's so nice to see these wonderful people going to the United States of America and telling them how good it is here and how we're ready to be exploited you know what the problem is with poor old Barnaby? And I hope Barnaby hangs tough, all right? I know the National Party boys and girls are under a bit of increasing pressure from corporate Australia. You see, the problem is this. You know, poor old Barnaby hung his wife's shorts somewhere else and he's paying a price, right? But he will be acting Prime Minister next week when Malcolm and his corporate mates and the state leaders make their odyssey to the United States of America to celebrate 100 years of mateship. Okay? So who is the First Lady of Australia? Hmm? Think about it. Will it be Barnaby's former wife? No, it will be his current pregnant partner. Now, wonder they're having kittens, the Puritans are having kittens? Isn't it extraordinary how all of a sudden they've got so interested in having poor old Barnaby removed as National Party head, possibly on Valentine's Day. Tut 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 tut. You're listening to the Anarchist You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscano. Don't forget, don't forget the special Australia Eureka Australia Medal, which will be presented to Palestinian activist Yusuf Al-Rimawi. El- 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 On Sunday, the 25th of February, 11am, Bakery Hill in Ballarat, followed by lunch. You buy your own lunch and drinks. Sorry, folks. We pay our taxes. We don't get corporate gifts, okay? It's the anarchist will this week. We obey the law. They don't. Well, they make the law so they don't have to obey them. Now, you can write to me. I haven't had many letters lately. I think people have forgotten how to write. Post Office Box 20. Parkville three oh five two And if you want to throw in a few one dollar stamps because we do still write and send out stuff in the mail most welcome. Post office box twenty Parkville three oh five two Now you can email me at anarchistage at Yahoo dot com AnarchistAge at Yahoo.com You can go to my personal Facebook page and see the things I'm involved in. Go to Toscano for the public. And those of you who keep asking, when are you going to do another, you know, um, personal observation, you know, and I said, well, I'm doing other things at the minute, but I'll try, okay? I will try. Toscano for the public. You can go to the Pipsy website, public interest before corporate interest, P-I-B-C-I dot net Download the application form Or have a look at the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee Facebook page Just Peter Norman CC Peter Norman CC Or go to the Alan Jose Memorial Foundation Facebook page To learn more about the picnic on Herring Island On Sunday the 4th of September You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week Broadcast across Australia via the community radio network. My name is Joseph Toscano and continues to be Joseph Toscano. As I said before, you've got three options. You can belong to the somebody should do something about that tribe. You can belong to Australia's biggest tribal group, the Gunner tribe. I'm going to do this or going to do that. Or you can join the activists around this country who are involved in a huge number of activities which bring the C word back into the national conversation. Class, 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 class. You can do all the identity politics you like, but at the end of the day, unless we tackle the issue of class and inequality, nothing will change. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Evil minds at plot destruction, sorcerer of death construction. An analysis you will never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national, and international events. Poisoning their brainwash minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.